nosotros queremos construir el socialismo. Nos hemos declarado partidarios de los que luchan por la paz. Nos hemos declarado dentro del grupo de países no alineados, a pesar de ser marxistas-leninistas, porque los no alineados como nosotros luchan contra el imperialismo. Queremos paz. Yeah, right, so good man. Can I take a guess? Aye, aye. That's a tiny, that's a tiny rebel. It is, it is. Another tiny rebel. You need to mix this up, mate. You're getting stale and predictable. Well, I bought a pack of eight of them, so I'll need to battle through the last of them the night. <laughs> Just a five to go then, Aye, eh? aye. Um, speaking of stale and predictable, nice can of tennis for me. obviously. That's it, aye. Uh, well, week three, who'd have thought we'd have made it this far, eh? Not me. <laughs> Not me either. <laughs> uh, welcome, if you're still listening at this point, uh, to Rebel Radio, uh, the Celtic podcast, or a Celtic podcast. Um, this is week three, and if you're that sick and tired of listening to your significant other in the house, then well, you must be that sick and tired if you're listening to this still, so Absolutely. week three. Um, today's episode, we're going to... Usual format, kick off a bit of trivia, this time it's Rab's turn to test my knowledge and all things Celtic, then we're going to move into the news, and then we're going to discuss your duds of the decade, a decade dud team, whatever you want to call it, and then uh, finish off with an on this day, um, which is another quite quite recent one. I hope you've prepared for that, because I have not I certainly have, Good. as Thank always, the consummate that. professional. Thank God for that. Would you like to kick off with a wee bit of trivia? I would. So... Which former Celt scored two against Celtic in the 2001-2002 Champions League campaign? You might get this right away, or you might not. It's a good tune. I forgot all about it. You bastard, you man. forgot that you actually went Don't to another club. Ever. <laughs> Don't you ever... You see what you get when you mess with a warrior. See, that's what happens Never. when I look the question up five minutes before we need to actually do this. So, listen, mate, it's no you, it's me. We'll see. I'll see you in like a fortnight for round two. What you like Basically, to it's two 0 to me. I know there was a bit of a VAR decision uh, on last week's Sudova versus Suduva. Um, I said it, but I'm, I'm but I didn't it. It's Sudova, isn't he? I said Suduva, yeah. right? So sharp. Shall we move on? Uh, please, yes, let's do it. This is an expedited, this is a Rebel Radio light, because last week we absolutely ripped to yeah, it. it. So, uh, the news? The news. What a week. <laughs> oh, it just keeps getting better and better. I've not had a chance to read today's five-page statement no. for the SPFL, but we should probably start at the beginning of the week, shouldn't we? Aye, let's do that. So it looks as though Rangers have sort of backed themselves into a bit of a corner over the past few weeks with the SPFL and one of the outcomes of that has been their sort of cons- persistent accusations towards the SPFL that's led to them effectively releasing statement after statement in which they accuse the SPFL of bullying of you know I don't know the club trying to coerce really? clubs into votes and you know change things and I don't know, it's a bit bizarre. It's horrendous. It's, it screams the equivalent of... The, the best analogy I can think of is see if you're walking about the house 
and you stone in a plug and then you battle the plug across the floor as if it's the plug's fault for actually hurting you. That's what it's like. It's like, oh, you bastard. They've backed themselves into a corner with these accusations and then what they've done is they've basically insinuated for about a week or two now that they've got a a plethora of information or documentation that shows corruption or shows no corruption, I should say that word, that shows evidence of malpractice, I guess, Aye. within the SPFL. Um, both in terms of the governance structures and also the legal um sort of advice that they take. And Rangers have advised that they've got what's became known as the, the smoking gun that's going to, you know, sort of send shockwaves through the Scottish domestic game. And that document was released yesterday at 10am. And actually, I've in my notes, I've, I've, I've spent most of this afternoon um, reading through the 200-page document, Robin. Um, I've come not, up with a, I've actually, I, and I've, I've come up with, I've come up with some notes here, um, and if you can give me a second just to take some time at the podcast, I'd like to actually run through some of the, the best um, and sort of most concise pieces of evidence that I got um, from the document. So is that okay if I do that Absolutely, for a second? Absolutely, please do. Okay, so I'll just, I'll start just now. Aye, so you can see there, there's, you know, that's that's pretty much my my summary of of that evidence in uh, Yep, there it is. <laughs> that snooker it's player, awesome. mate. That snooker player. Set you set you up for that one five moves it's ahead. The, uh, um, it's a bit it's a bit rubbish just now. We're effectively just doing what we always do in Scotland and focusing on administrative and and governance issues because there's no real football to talk about, so we're just kinda of having a go at each other, I think. But it's just the usual stuff, isn't it? Rangers get underneath the spotlight and they make an absolute backside of themselves time after time, don't they? I know. It's, they just don't know when to go up. and They have continued this face. For, they've had put the face on it for so long that it's too late for them to step down now, so they need to keep fighting. <laughs> so on that note, if I was to ask you, what do you think we're going to be talking about this time next week? Take a, take a guess. I know that's a, a big question Aye. when it comes to this current Rangers board, but what do you think they'll do next? Um, I think the the clubs will probably band together and will push through whatever resolution that the SPFL have tabled before and then we're looking at sanctions or punishment towards Rangers, Hearts and was it Strindar? I punish them, aye? I think they will, aye. It's a total gross misuse of people's time, money, resources that quite frankly should have been better spent elsewhere, Jason. Don't know. It's, it's just totally unfounded, and it's slander as well. Like it's it's slander. Can I do I think, that? I can see. I mean, I guess if you think about it for the perspective of, they're talking about you know was it Murdo McLennan and 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 Doncaster mm-hmm. being, you know, losing their job and stuff like that. So that's no that's no ideal. But you know, I don't know if they would go as far as to punish them. I suspect for me, what's going to happen is. The member clubs will probably vote in favour of the resolution, or or have or, you know follow through with the resolution without the requirement for um, any sort of independent investigation done into any conduct at next week's um, extraordinary general meeting. And then I think they'll declare Celtic champions, and they'll expand, they'll expand the league to to keep the clubs who you know were sort of fighting against um, you know being relegated as a result of this situation. They'll expand the leagues to keep them in it. I think it's 14, 16, 14, 14 They're talking about, Some isn't it? Of that, um, if it was up to me, I would start the clubs with a points deficit, but um, it's not up to me, and that's just because I hate Hearts. 
Um, so, so I, I think we should we should maybe move on. Same as it's been for the last two episodes. It's a bit of a hot mess. Tired of talking about um, Rangers, you know that. But it's good. Uh, it's good part, isn't it? And I like that tweet yesterday that suggested that the, the banter years have now become the banter days, um, such as the rate of uh, such as the rate of uh, statements and, and such like coming out of Ibrox. So should we move on to the duds of the decade? Segment. Yes. The main segment feels a bit soon, then it's only eight minutes in, but I know, but busy men the two places to go, people to see. It's true, my dad's coming up for a swally um, later on, which is absolutely all right, by the way. Of, he's uh, sitting outside, we'll actually. Sitting he's going to sit outside, sit two metres away. So, um, duds of the decade. So, there was some criteria for this, and the criteria uh, was that they, similar to last week's team of the decade, the criteria was that they had to play for Celtic between um, the 1st of January 2010 and the 31st of December 2019. They must have made more than 20 appearances. Now, I've been a wee bit sort of liberal with that on a couple of occasions, but I'm generally over the 20 appearance mark. Um, so basically what we're trying to say there is, apart from the bench, it can't just be guys who have been, you know, an appearance or two. It has to have some sort of credence to it. My starting 11 is um, pretty much all over 20. Although I've been, I, I, feel, I don't feel comfortable with one of my decisions, but I'll explain that. Okay. Shall we start off... Um, when you go. What formation are you playing? Uh, Four three three. Four three three. Okay. I would quite happily have played a one one eight. To be honest, the amount of. Well, I'm playing a three four three. And I'm going to ask you actually because last week I think we confused ourselves a wee bit because we were just talking about the same players, um, over and over again. So right. I don't know if there's a better way to do this. But do you want to go through your one to eleven first, and then I'll go through mine, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, I okay then. Crack on. So. A goalkeeper, Lucas Zuluska, and I've got a back four of Daniel Fisher, Effie Ambrose, Jack Henry, and Sadie Yanko, and a midfield okay. three. Are you about to do uh, your second? Do you want? Do you want to just go then goalkeeper and defence, and then we'll move to midfield, so we'll, we'll keep aye. some sort of track here. Aye, aye. So um, I, and goalkeeper, I've got Doris De Vries. That was liberal. A liberal use of the twenty appearances. Uh, and my back three is. Sidi Yanko, right. Jack Henry, mm-hmm. Dedrick Boyata. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> so, why did you pick Zalushka? Because the reason I didn't go for Zalushka was because I believe he was brought in to always be an understudy. Because it was the 20 appearances. We've, had, we've been blessed with some good goalkeepers for the last decade. We actually have, haven't we? It's really hard, eh? Whereas Saluska was there for like, what four and a half seasons, five seasons maybe, he was there for quite a while, and he got. See, over I think that. I've always been since Lowell was in. Sorry to interrupt you, I was Gardner sin. See, I think I've always actually been since since Lowell came in, quite good at signing backup goalkeepers. If you think back to when Boric joined us, um, who was Boric's backup? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember exactly but we had Mark Zaluska. Brown remember Zaluska was the first one well there was um, Marshall Mark Brown was shocked. and then we signed Mark Brown and then when Mark Brown left we signed Zaluska and then when Zaluska left uh, we got Doris De Vries in within a, within a season or so or Gordon coming in I think we've always been quite good at just paying guys a decent salary to take a take a spot on the bench and sort of you know and you know, Brown and Zalushka would have been good keepers in any other team in the SPL, but you know, at that point would have uh, 
but they've not made it into the Celtic team. I went for De Vries purely because it looked as if Rodgers was trying to replace Gordon when he signed him. He looked as if he wanted a goalkeeper who could kick the ball, mm. and he knew De Vries uh, for Cardiff, and I think he just thought he would come up here and, and, and go into the Celtic first team, and it's mental to think that he started the 5-1 game. Aye. Um, Big Doris seems like a if you were ever going to start one game for a club, it would probably be the most perfect home fixture in our, in our most recent history. But I went for De Vries solely because he, he came up here and I think he was expected to take the number one role. Whereas we, with the, with the second goalie goalie, I don't really ever know if he was expected to be our number one. Aye, well, outside of the old firm, he was the, he was the best goalkeeper in the league at the time. So it's good. And then he just... It's obviously hard coming in and out of a team to try and get some momentum going and perform well, but it was, it was, it was hard. It was, he was the the worst there. A good bunch. <laughs> so should we move on to the worst there? A bad bunch? <laughs> Jesus, man. Side of your ankle? <laughs> Side of your ankle. I've got him at left-back. Okay. Because, uh, again, we've been quite lucky over the last 10 years with left-backs because Izaguri's hardly missed a game and then Tierney and all. So You're forgetting about Darnell Fisher, but I've, I've never got really Darnell Fisher there. He's my right back. He made twenty you know, exactly, I believe. Daniel Fisher. Oh, so he was. He was a right back. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. I thought he was a left back. D- doesn't matter. Um, you could play him anywhere, and he'd still be mint. Ah, it's not going to be any worse, is it? So, you, tell me about side of your ankle. I, the boy that just absolutely shat the bed, away from home. Um, what game was it? Europe again. It was. It was horrific. Israel. Israel. Aye. It was. Halfway over Sheffield away. Remember. Aye. I've never sat and watched through my hands so much in my entire life thinking at maybe what age was I, 29 or something, 30, that I could get off my couch and play better at him at right back. And I'd be braver at least. He was mad least. all because he was about six foot two, big bulk boy, you know, he looked like, you know, he looked like a football player I in every way, shape and form. But unbelievable. He's gone on to have a no bad career after as well, signed for, but he got a five year deal at a Porto. He's even got, he must have the best agent in the world. There's another character that I considered strongly for a uh, for my right back position. And that was Jeremy Tolian. Oh, Harley played, but I know that's what kind of rolled him out for me. But the mouse, Jeremy Tolian, seemed like a lovely guy. Always, you know, always out talking about the Celtic players on Instagram and that sort of stuff, and kept himself yourself um, for the most part. But just you just don't see guys like that coming for Bishop Dortmund usually, don't you know? Um, I, and, I, I you don't know, know. Just having nothing to him. I didn't. In the boxes, he was probably frightening, but as soon as you put him on an actual football park, it's different. Because he did look as though he had a bit about him technique-wise, but he was like a fag paper on the wind. He, well, he certainly wasn't a right-back in Scotland anyway, was he? Definitely not. Jack Henry? Jack Henry. I just... The boy looks as though he should just be the catalogue model for the Celtic Superstore, to be honest. That's that's about it. <laughs> just be, just model the strips in, that's all we got you for. You talking urban wear or New Balance wear? Both, mate, he's got the look. <laughs> He's got that haircut that we birds love and all, so... <laughs> the one thing I would say about Henry, and, and I, I kind of... I'm not too comfortable putting him in this team because I'm not entirely certain he's finished yet. Although, if Lennon stays into next season and he doesn't come back from Melbourne City with any sort of momentum, then he, you know, bang an injury crisis, he doesn't look like he's going to get a chance. Um, but the one thing I would say about him is, even at his, at his worst, and his worst performance I've ever seen is when we played Thistle away last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> he was always brave. Always came and took the ball, and I don't you know. That's a sort of, that, you know, that's it's not the easiest thing to do when you're out of form. You know what I mean? It's it's no, um, 
does they come naturally to some players, but he always tried to play the ball. And as you said last week, he came off came off the bench in the five five one game at Ibrox. I think it was not the three two game at Ibrox. He came off the bench Aye. as well, you know, and played the last twenty thirty minutes. And uh, it was the it was the worst. But, but but I just think in terms of what he could have been, and that's why I put him in my team. His potential and, and what he ended up doing for us was just so far so, apart. Right, that absolutely, he, he made it into this team. Just that, who else did you have? Yanko Henry and who? Full move on for Henry. That gif of Patrick Fussell with him running around in circles, middle of the park. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one last image I'll always have of him. Unfortunately, unless he comes back, scores a screamer against Huns. <laughs> anyway, hi, sorry. So I Adefi Ambrose. A man who's made over a hundred appearances for Celtic, and you can probably count in one hand the number of really good games he's had. I know you won't agree with me. I don't. No, I think I think that's harsh. I think I think if he was victim of a couple of high profile high, mistakes. Exactly. Well, that's what. You, that's what you sign these guys for, man. That's the cream. But he was also fifty percent of the most <laughs> solid central defensive partnership in Scottish football history. That broke the record for clean sheets. And don't get me wrong, the other fifty percent it was Virgil Van Dijk. Aye, but two players in his own. Nonetheless, uh, big if he held his own in that team, and I, I think it's harsh to put him in there. Um, I think he was a victim of the Juventus game where he made mistakes on the biggest stage he possibly could have, but he was unfairly asked to play that game. And if I asked you right now, apart for the UV game, could you name me one serious mistake that FA made that cost us a goal? Could you do it? Uh, probably not. No, I've told my head. But no, it's because I'm, it was seven years ago. And I'm, I'm no, and I'm rotten at remembering individual games anyway. I just think he was—he's given a hard, a hard, uh, a hard time, and I know he was on big money at the club as well. Lenny, Lenny put him on a big contract. I think there was a point when Mulgrew left, and FA Ambrose was on about seventeen grand a week at Celtic, which is mental when you think about it. Um, he wasn't certainly worth that, but I don't think he was a bad centre-half for us, and I think it's harsh to put him in there. Again, who else have you got? Another one that's... We don't have many players that were bad centre-back that have played over 20 games. There isn't that many. Oh, yeah. No, oh, mate. Again, I think you're harsh with that. I've got a big Boyata in there for a number of reasons. Um, I don't think there's any doubt that Big Boyata 90% of the time was fine for us, um, without any issue. But and this is the third week that I've moaned about Dedrick Boyata, so I'm going. To, I am going to stop. <laughs> uh, it's not an agenda. I promise. I do not have any issue uh, with the guy on a personal level, apart from some of his decision making. And of course, what he done to you is in Athens. When you think about that, you know that we went to Athens. We I think it was Jack Henry centre half, wasn't it? You know at the time when he was very obviously not going to be able to date for us. And the big man can he just suck it up and get it done? His first season and a half at Celtic, he was absolutely mince. And you need to bear in mind as well that we signed him for a couple of million quid for Man City. So it's not as if he's come in, you know, with we, we, we near reputation, we've not expected nothing of him. He was, you know, he was a replacement for for, uh, Virgil. for um, Virgil, you know what I mean? So it's we've expected him to come in and, and be able to play. And he was mince and it wasn't until halfway through Rodgers' first season that he came in and, and really sort of... Um, started to play his, his best football for us and he was excellent you know for that half of the season but the season after that look at him again he's at Ibrox the one that Eddie Bills was out in the last minute excuse me Eddie Bills was out in the 3-2 game with the, with the um, after the pass for Dembele and he's gained the ball after two minutes trying to nutmeg Windass in the halfway lane and he's a half man he's the last man stuff like that just never it, it just it, it was just a guy I could never uh, get my head in and I just I, was, I wasn't sad to see him go and of course he started slagging Celtic fans online in, in August when we got knocked at the Champions League, mm-hmm. which didn't help, you know what I mean? So he's just a guy for me that I'll never take to, and I'm glad to see the back of him. That's fair. 
That's fair. And who's the fourth member of your defence? Sidianko uh, it was. So I had Fisher, Daniel Fisher, Effie Ambrose, Henry and Sidianko. I just always remember okay. Daniel Fisher being absolutely shocking, I know. It was, aye. Midfield? Uh, I've got a midfield trio of Efren Juarez, Ibeku Asi, and the one that I'm not really comfortable putting in, but I, t- I had to stick to the 20 appearance limit, was uh, or minimum, sorry, was Liam Henderson. And I really like Hendo as well, man. But he just didn't oh. ever kick on. Aye, I've got a midfield four, and it's a very attacking midfield four, um, of Dirk Borigta, Gary McKay-Steven, Nadir Chifji. In midfield? Aye, a wee bit controversial, but in my holding midfield role, I'm going to play Stefan Johansson. Aye. So, my justification for Johansson being in there was that... Uh, he was a prick. He, he was a pest and he had a heart of your mouse. Uh, similar to the old Tolian. He just, he was a guy that, I think he was only here for 18 months, wasn't he? Was it two and a half years or 18 mm. months? I think it was only a season. I think it was 18 because Dyla signed him halfway through his first season yeah. and he left before Rogers' first season. Started terrific and then just became part of Ronnie Dyla's system and, and just fell away. And the way it could have been and, and where he started uh, to what he ended up with was just, was, was really poor. And I was not sad to see the back of him when, no. when Rogers first came in. Me either. So the, there's a couple of stories about uh, Stephen Johansson, um, one of which was that he got a hold of Liam Henderson at training one day, um, either in the boxes or at uh, the game, kind of starting to live and be the bench or whatever, and um, he got a hold of him for no giving him the ball, and both Mulgrew and Bruni fucking tore him clean off the back of Hendo and set about him. That's a wild piece of speculation to put on the internet, mate. Wild. But I have it on good sources that they did not get on with him very well at all. And then, again, when Rogers came in, they took one look at his attitude, it wasn't his playing ability that, that basically was the final nail in his Celtic career. His big mate was Virgil, wasn't it? Aye, was his big pal. Pals. Him and Virgil were two mates. Aye, so he probably saw Virgil go and then thought, oh, I'm not staying here. Went to Fulham, didn't he? Uh, yes. And I think you said the well. well. you would have mm-hmm. expected. Kind of just powered on in midfield. Do you know what? He's a player that I always thought. Remember when he played for us? He used to play in behind the striker, and he used to just chase the ball for Aye. sixty minutes. Athlete. I don't think that's a that's a, a trait that as a Celtic player I'm playing in Scotland you really need. You play in Scotland as a Celtic player, you're going to have the vast majority of possession. So you're you're kind of more focused on being crafty and like Rogic breaking down defences rather than spitting the other place. I always had a feeling that if your Hansen went to a lower. English Premier League team or a you know a Championship team that was competing that style of play would have suited much better because you would have had less possession and you'd have been you know that a greater emphasis on on hunting the body. Um but it never really worked up here for us after that first season. Good technical player, but a bit a bit of a dud for me to be honest Big with you. Time. Who else have you got in there? Efren Juarez. Hard one, mate. That's that's rough. It's twenty appearances. Never get a chance. Twenty appearances. That's. But he was terrific for half of them. Can you remember one game where he was terrific? <laughs> Braga at home. Right, no way. Who's going to look right? I, mean, I totally made that up. I don't even know if he played in that game. Who's going to look that up? Me or you? was a good football player uh, who played at right back, right mid and centre midfield for us. But I think Juarez's problem was off apart, mate. 
Aye, and as well, he was bought for big money and he's just didn't, didn't produce anything. He's got, I'm sorry, but I think I've got a, a, a reasonable expectation when guys are bought in for a decent amount of money that they should hit the ground running. And he was one of them. So who's he playing with? Uh, Careful how you answer that according to rumours because I think there's a. But anyway. <laughs> is he now in America? I can't remember. I did see. I don't want. Uh, he's. he's uh, he is the coach uh, at New York City FC, right. or is he playing for New York City FC? No, no, he's, I think he's Big with. Strange, that, isn't it? Because they two wouldn't have known each other for Celtic. I don't think so. At all. No. Never have played for each other. Yet the two of them are at New York. Maybe you're going to see them now, but. At some point, aye, it'd be a nice wee holiday, that. Good joint. <laughs> Bit of, bit of pop, in, pop in and say hello and ask them if they've listened you listen to him pod. Ah, he's coaching out there he's not playing anymore so who's in midfield with him uh, I'm saying young Hendo or Hendo senior of the two I should say but again this is really hard I'm not comfortable putting either of them in because Abouye's been sort of plagued by injuries and he had a handful of games where he did he had a run of games where he looked good and mm-hmm. to this day, he's the only guy I know who's trying to run off a ACL. <laughs> and uh, young Hendo as well, yeah. Henderson, man. Good player, but he was just struggling to break that, that uh, midfield berth because we've always had such a strong centre mid. So uh, I'm not really comfortable putting those two in, but needs must. I get a feeling I've not seen the last of Henderson. And I hope that's the case anyway because he's went away and done something that no many young players in, in, in the UK in general but in Scotland certainly don't do which is to challenge himself overseas and, and see how he gets award. and I find that really impressive and uh, I'd hope that at some point in his, his career he comes back Absolutely. and by the way it's a travesty that that kid's not a Scotland call up the minutes we've got on a bit in midfield and he kind of got a you know 20 minutes off the bench but maybe he's just no Clark's player no and it, I know I think his brother will be should should be a chip off the old block <laughs> he's a good player as well well I put Bo Rigter in there because um, of his injury, uh, his injury record, I should say. The best thing about Dirk Bo Rigter is that song that guy Aye. put up on YouTube, Screamer. which was entirely unprovoked and, and is absolutely worth a Google if you ever fancy the Dirk Bo Rigter song. Um, it's it's just utterly bizarre, but but well worth a listen. Um, I remember I bumped into Johan Mialbe in Amsterdam Airport in May 2013, and... Uh, I waited until everybody left and asked him for a photo, and he was not pleasant. Um, he was he was not a very friendly <laughs> man. But at the time I came back and I told a couple of folk and they were going, I wonder what he was doing there, because it was a Monday, and he was evidently there watching a game, or a Sunday morning, I should say, sorry. Uh, and he was evidently there watching a game, and obviously it turns out he was he was there scouting Bo Rigter. And uh, I wish he had the earth, because the big man took a fortune off his and was just perpetually injured, and... I don't think he was ever, he never spoke out or never said anything sort of negative about the club, but seeing the guy via Ajax as a winger, you'd think that would get something out of him. And he was one of a few signings that were made in, in Lennon's, the start of Lennon's last season as his first spell that, that sort of put the writing on the wall for him, I thought, and we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on a couple of them, uh, a couple of other ones later on. Gary Mackay, Stephen, uh, I liked him, I thought he was a good football player, but it just looked as if it was a level too high for him. Um, at Celtic and maybe he just didn't kick on and press on the way he looked like he could have when he was younger but by the way he's another one at New York City what a move that is for him that is an absolute humdinger I'm very envious of him and Lewis Morgan who is at uh, Miami FC and uh, I've got Nadir Chifty in there as well but 
I don't think Chifty ever really got a run of games um, to prove himself. And having seen Chifty performing at Dundee United, I always thought he was, it struck me as a guy like a sort of like a sort of crap cantina. You know what I mean? Like a sort of <laughs> you know he, he had all the technical ability in the world, but he's he, he needed to be adored and, and loved, and he had that big personality. And I think when you go for being a big fish in a wee pond at Dundee United, and that's no disrespect for them, but just uh, to them. But when you go to Celtic, it's a slightly different prospect than. I'd like to have seen a big man have 15, 20 games to, to establish himself and get a few goals and see where he kicked on because I always thought he could have been a player. But again, he's one of the guys that his career have, after leaving Celtic has sort of been an indication of potentially where, he's, where his level's been. Absolutely. Um, because he's not really done too much in the game since then. There's always going to be bad news for him. <laughs> Banned for biting a guy for the season before. Immediately, one sign for us. For biting? I'm sure it was biting, wasn't it? Or spitting, sorry. One of the two. Anyway, things happen, mate. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my front three, uh, Nadia Chifchi, who we just covered, Daryl Murphy, and Amido Baldi, AFB. See, Daryl Murphy's a good shout because he's actually when he left Celtic like, had a well, great he's career. Done brilliant elsewhere. <laughs> and I think he's still is he still playing? Is he just retired? Might have just Fairly retired. sure he was. He was playing until certain certainly very recently. But the season after he signed for Celtic, excuse me, he left Celtic and went didn't he? I think it was Ipswich, wasn't it? Aye. And he was banging in goals in the championship, and he was not a bad big centre forward. But he's another one that maybe just you know maybe just didn't fit in up here. Um, I can't believe you've not put Pookie in. He's on the bench. Okay. I'll get Pookie Bangura uh, and Tony Watt. Bangura. Played about five games. I've got Tony Watt in there as well. Um, Do you know your five games bar? <laughs> um, I've got Pookie because I think there's there's been very few players who've had to fill shoes the size of Gary Hooper's. Um, you know, Hooper's arguably the, arguably the hardest player to replace up front for us since, since Larson left, um, and Pookie was sort of tasked to get in and, and being the goal scorer. And despite what he's done in the past couple of seasons in the championship, that was just it. Just didn't look like it was his game at the time. It looked as if he was a guy who wanted to sit a wee bit further back. And he scored a couple of good golfers. I think he scored five or six goals over the course of the season. But he was a another guy who just didn't look as if he, you know, he, he, it was ever going to work for him at, at Celtic. And I've got Mo Bangura as well, who, despite you know, meeting the minimum criteria for um, for appearances, was disappointing on a number of levels. But predominantly because Henrik Larson recommended him. Aye. And you just can't have the King of Kings making recommendations like that. You know, he should just keep that to himself <laughs> in future because I don't want to. I don't want to have any reason to speak against the guy. And Tony Watt because, uh, well, I thought Tony Watt was going to be a sensation for us, and he looked to me as if he was a guy who played in that old sort of inside left, um, you know, position that would be the lefty a four three three. And he he looked as if he was absolutely terrific there, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. People often speculate that it's off the park stuff, or that you know maybe he's he's caused himself a couple of issues, or that he, you know he struggles to concentrate. I don't know what what it would be. He seems like a nice enough guy now, anyway, and he seems like a, eh, like a clever guy. But it just maybe hasn't worked out for him in the course of his career. But at Celtic, I was sorry to see him go, eh, when he did, because I thought he was going to be a, a terrific player for us. Aye, why Baldy? Uh... Another one that cost us a good few million and just he looked really uncomfortable every time he played. He looked out of his depth. He was massive, yet he never seemed to bully anybody. It was 
it was just odd. It was a weird sign in the ride to this big kind of furore. I remember the photographs that I'm getting uh, out of departures at Glasgow Airport, and it was like, here we are, this is big signing. <laughs> it was just mince, and always. First touch that of trampoline. Terrible. <laughs> Uh, Who's just, up front uh, and Darren Murphy. Darren Murphy. Well, there you go. My one to eleven is Doris Sophie sending goals. Yanko Henry Boyata at the back. Johansson, Borigta, Gary McKay, Stephen, and Nadir Chifchi in midfield. Timo Puki, Mo Mangura, and Tony Watt up front. What is yours? Uh, Lucas Zaliska and goals. Daniel Fisher, Effie Ambrose, Jack Hendry and Sidi Anko at the back. Uh, midfield of Efran Juarez, Liam Henderson and Abu Kouassi. And a front three of Chifchi, Daryl Murphy and Amido Baldi. And I've got handful of on the bench. I think yours wins on account of the fact that I've got four midfielders that can't defend. But uh, <laughs> oh, I don't think it'd be much of a match. No, it'd be shocking. Who have you mate. got on the bench? Got... Bear in mind, no rules for the bench. Well, I didn't know that, but I've got, loosely, I've got Berigter, Gary Mackay-Steven, Stefan Skepovic, and Christian Gamboa, Pookie, and Oliver Buck. Oliver Buck made 19 appearances. I've got Dominic Chervy. Right. Because he's just one of the names that you hear and you go, oh, everybody met him in Cushion. Aye. Everybody's got it's a Dominic Chervy and Cushion story. Um, I've got one, but I'll keep it to myself because it might get the guy in trouble. And he's a VP of some motor company now, isn't he? a real estate company now in America. Not tell you, mate, don't know. Check his LinkedIn. Uh, I've got obviously Marvin Comper. How you f- missed that one? Out, despite one no, 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 the rules until 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Daniel Fisher on the bench. Freddie Lundberg. Big Freddie boy. Right, fair enough. Seven minutes he played for us, I think. Um, <laughs> Stefan Skepovic. Big Z. Colin Kazim Richards. Aye. I did look at him. It's got to be a bit to be fair, but you know, he was just symptomatic with his strike partner for the bench, uh, Carlton Cole, oh, of Ronnie Dyla signing absolute mints. Total gammon. So let's uh, let's uh, look forward to the next 10 years of of no signing guys like that, hopefully. Fingers yeah. crossed, aye. Fingers crossed. So I'll jump on quickly to Candy Corner. Charge on. And this week, uh, after the, the controversy that surrounded last week, where we... Uh, we were sort of outflanked by the sinister forces at Pollock and Talbot, who decided that they didn't want to participate in a conference and instead wanted to just get things their own way. We've had a conference released for the following season and for the, for the upcoming season, which could take place whenever. And as a result of that, um, we've been drawn in a league with... You ready? Aye, drum roll. Our Drossen Winton Rovers. East Kilbride Thistle. Ooh. Glasgow Persia, Coastside Rangers, Lanark United, Larkhall Thistle. Oh, yes. Houston Juniors, Peters Hill, St Anthony's, Vera Clyde, Vera Leaven, Wishaw Juniors, Yoker Athletic, and our new partners from, uh, who basically didn't play in the juniors previously, Drumchapel United. That's uh, competitive. So it's competitive. It's a, it's a winnable league if we recruit properly in the summer. But there's a few crackers in there. For me, it's a bit rubbish because there's no many of the old haunts that we like to go to for a pint. So Whitlitz was a great ground to go to at Dam Park because they had a big stand. We used to have the beach balls there every week because it was down near the beach. Um, <laughs> but we've replaced that, I guess, with our Drossen. I like Dalry as well, but that's it as well. 
Um, luck holds rubbish because we can't even get a pie in there. The, the police just don't let us go to the other side of the, the ground at all. Um, Fun sponges, eh? And... Uh, and there's no many there's there's no many glamour ties in there, put it that way. But interesting to go to Drum Chapel. I believe Drum Chapel are gonna share with Mary Hill. Um so that's not so bad. Right. Glasgow Pershire is good, we've got a few players that used to play for the rock playing for them. Um but our will be good, that'll be our day down at the beach. Aye. Um and we'll, we'll get a we'll get a good good couple of ladies out of that wish will be good as well, I'm sure. Definitely hit a draws in the winter, but no doubt it'll be rain oh, no sideways, horrific at that uh, sea wind. <laughs> But that's that's good. Um, there's been no there's been no news about any signings at the Rock yet. Um, a lot of clubs have been announcing who they're going to sign, and I think we're just sort of slowly taking our time. Mate, there's the logistical issue of getting players up to sign, you know, and you can't really ask them to do that in the midst of a lockdown. So mm-hmm. um, I think we'll just wait and see how that plays out in the next few weeks, and hopefully get some some new signings or some signing ones to announce. Last week, the club broke the three thousand pound mark. Um, so there's been a donate a ticket event that's been happening every Saturday. You can go to donateaticket.com. What's happened is uh, a young guy has established this website to replace the, the ticket money that clubs would be getting um, through the gate every week. So St Rocks would be playing, for example, Wishaw at home this weekend. But what he's been doing is saying that you can donate your £6 that you would normally pay in Aye. to the club anyway and he'll transfer the money over. Yep. So what's happened is St Rocks have been live tweeting every Saturday. Um, highlights from games or the goals from a previous fixture against the team they would have played today and the fans have been donating um, every week and we broke the £3,000 mark we're actually the second um, the second highest uh, donation amount in Scotland at the minute behind uh, Wraith Rovers only so it's a pretty Brilliant. pretty, pretty good way of doing things the past three weeks of uh, past four weeks have been money that's going to keep the club running which is money you would have missed out on gate money but this weekend we're playing a sort of virtual match against Wishaw excuse me against Blantyre Vicks and all that money is going to be donated to the local community response to COVID-19. So that'll be for all the food banks and all the young guys that are out with the motors, jam stuff off at people's houses and that sort of stuff. So donateaticket.com forward slash St Rocks. Get yourself in there. Give us a couple of hundred quid. Um, much appreciated. A couple of grand even if yeah, you really want feel to. Much as you can afford. Am I going to finish off with a segment that you've done absolutely nothing to prepare for? Zero. Um, Nouch. Deeply disappointing. Um, but, no. you know, I'm getting used to it now. This is week three. Right. Uh, what we're going to go with is Celtic 3, Aberdeen 2. Now we're recording this on the 8th of May 2020. And the 8th of May 2016, Celtic beat Aberdeen 3-2 at Celtic Park. Can you guess the crowd? Now, I'll asterisk this by saying that this is the day that we won the league. Right? Uh, we won the league this game. Dylas last season. I'm Two weeks after that, we'd been beaten by Rangers at home. Uh, excuse me, but beaten by Rangers or Rangers beat us two each, whatever you want to call it. Four to guess that crowd. Eight thousand. What did you say? Forty-eight. You googled that. No, I didn't. I, I'm not even joking. Forty-seven thousand eight hundred and seventy-seven. What? I ju- see that way we are. I just remember most of the the big attendances for Dialer being run about that. <laughs> That's the one that was. Uh, that was the seasons we had that big uh, banner up the top. The a club like no other banner. That thing. Pure that's not been burnt already. That needs to be destroyed. Absolutely. That thing. Um, aye, so Celtic 3, Aberdeen 2. Do you want to take a guess at the starting 11 for this game? Or do you want me to just run through it? Who uh, being. Uh, so back for a Lustig, Virgil, yep. Ambrose. 
No, no, Ambrose. No, I think you think the season before. So think about the. Oh, so much. This. I... Nah, just run through it, mate. Craig Gordon and goals. A back four of Michael Lustig, Charlie Mulgrew, Eric's friend of the show, Eric Sviatchenko, uh, and Kieran Tierney. It was Tierney's breakout season. season uh, Midfield was Neil Beaton, Stuart Armstrong, Callum McGregor, and Tom Rogic. With Paddy Roberts uh, out on the left, and uh, sorry, out on the right, and Lee Griffiths up front. Three Celtic goals that day. Can you take a guess who scored them? Uh, I remember Lustig scored. Did. But I don't remember the other ones. Paddy Roberts with a double. Aye. Further adding fuel to the fire that he was going to Just sign for his permanent shit. deal. Uh, if you remember, that was only the, the first six months of his 18-month initial loan. The Aberdeen, uh, Aberdeen team that day was no bad. Um, I'm going to run through it quickly because it's quite quite a decent team. Um Colin and goal, their back four was Andrew Considine, Shea Logan, Graham Shinney and Ash Taylor. Their midfield was Willow Flood, Johnny Hayes, Ryan Jack and Niall McGinn. Kenny McLean playing in behind a big guy, S. Church, who I'm guessing is Simon Church. But on their bench they had Mark Reynolds, Barry Robson and Scott McKenna. So not a bad Aberdeen team overall. Um, and I think that was the year that they finished um, second. They were only 10 or 12 points behind us at this point. Um, which at that stage wasn't was near bad going. So that was probably peak McInnes's, you know, uh, peak uh, Aberdeen for McInnes. Um, referee was Bobby Mads, obviously. Right, um, and Madden. I think the most notable thing about this game is the fact that Michael Lustig managed to get a goal. Big man loves a uh, important goal against Aberdeen. I certainly didn't like McInnes, didn't you? No, class. So should we finish up? Aye, let's say uh, let's wrap it. In in forty yard no. Uh, no, just uh, it's rotten at this weather, so good. Must stuck in drinking cans in the house instead of at the back. When do you think we'll sign somebody? Do you think we will sign somebody, or do you think that this coronavirus stuff is going to impede their ability to operate the transfer market? I'd be very surprised if we signed anyone for Odson Edward or Christopher Julian. Amount of money put it that way, but um, I think we we could probably snap up a couple of players within our own league. A bit easier now. That's the only kind of saving grace I think for because a lot of the clubs will be needing the cash more than we will. So Aberdeens might be willing to cash in on their McKenna's, Hearts, Suitors, um, players like that. That's a good point. Yeah. And Motherwell. We've seen that Motherwell pretty self sufficient, but they've only just kind of got into the back uh, back in the black. But you never know. I, I think we need to do our shop now a bit closer to home. Unfortunately. Do you think it? Final question. And I wonder no, does COVID nineteen increase our chances of hanging on to French area for the ten? Yes. Good. I like to hear. I started, you finish. Aye. Well, thanks very much for listening, folks. It's uh, significantly shorter than the last time, so I don't know if we're either no talking as much rubbish or we're getting better at this. So that's hope it's a latter. Probably eh? just probably a bit of, probably a bit of both. Um if you're still listening at this point, please text me the word Chifty uh, Chifty it is right. Chifty I'll accept any So if you're still listening At this stage um, Then text me the word Chifty But other than that Thanks very much for listening Thank you And we'll uh, hopefully See you all next week